Welcome everyone to the Grinded Podcast. Nipsey Hussle is going to bring us in just a little bit with Grinding All My Life. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price. Want a slice, got the roll of dice, that's why. All my life, I've been grinding all my life. Uh. It's time to hit this rail we call life and grind it. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to continue Acts chapter 9, taking a look at what we just took a look at Saul's conversion and how he was on the road to Damascus to get permission so that he can go into Damascus and go from house to house just like he did in Jerusalem and wreak havoc in, in Jesus' followers' lives. And, and, and as he's on his way to Damascus, a, a, a light just shines around him and he falls to the ground and he hears a voice from heaven and 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 it's jesus talking to him and 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 jesus wants to know why you know why are you persecuting me and and, and saul says who are you lord and he says i'm jesus who, who you're persecuting stop it you know you know you need to you need to uh, get on the right team is what jesus is saying to saul and and so what we're going to do today is take a look at the the other side of this equation because as i said in in the last podcast as Saul's having this encounter with Jesus, and he's blind for three days, and he goes, uh, it goes on into Damascus, and he's staying with a man named Judas at a uh, place called Straight Street. He's praying to Jesus, and while he's praying to Jesus, he's having a vision from Jesus about a man named Ananias who's going to come to where he's at and lay his hands on him, and, and, and he's going to give him some directions to follow. And so while all this is going on, the other side of the equation is Ananias. And so... In Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19, Luke turns his attention to Ananias. And Ananias is a believer that lives in Damascus, and he is about to literally get the craziest news in his life. I'm sure of that. Luke says in, in, in verse 10, he says, Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias, and the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. Now, I want to stop right there and I want to point out something here. Notice the difference between Saul and Ananias. Ananias was a believer. Saul was a non-believer. He did not believe in Jesus, right, at the time. Ananias, the believer, he immediately recognized Jesus' voice, which goes back to what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verses 14 through 16, when he said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Now I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, but I must bring them also. They too talking about the Gentiles, they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. But the difference between Ananias, a believer, and Saul, a non-believer, was Saul didn't recognize Jesus. When Jesus shined that light down upon him on that road to Damascus and spoke with him, Saul had to say, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus had to tell him, I am Jesus, the one you keep persecuting. Stop it! You know, Ananias sees Jesus, hears Jesus, hears Jesus' voice in his vision, and he immediately recognizes 
Jesus, because the Lord spoke to him in a vision, calling him by his name, Ananias. And when Jesus spoke to Ananias and called him by his name, his immediate response was, yes, Lord. He recognized who Jesus is. And my question to you is this. Do you recognize Jesus when he comes calling to you? It's either yes or no. And so the Lord said, verse 11, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. And when you get there, he's, he's given Ananias these instructions. He's given Saul some instructions. And now he's given Ananias some instructions. So he says, you go over to the Straight Street to the house of Judas. And when you get there, ask for a man named Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now, as a matter of fact. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so he can see again. Now, can you imagine having a, first of all, having a conversation with Jesus? <laughs> that would be, it would be so freaking awesome, man, to have a conversation with Jesus, even if it is in a vision. I mean, just, it would be so awesome that Jesus would pick Ananias to, to get to do this. And then in the conversation, he says, oh, by the way, I, I'm sending a man to you or to, uh, to this house. Uh, you know, he's a guy who kills people for a living. He, he's a guy who wreaks havoc in, in, in my followers' lives. He's, he goes from house to house and he binds them up in chains and he throws them in prison. Um, so you're fixing to have an encounter with this guy, Ananias. And, and, and if we could be a fly on the wall. And just see the look that is on Ananias' face. I, I bet his eyes were half dollars. They're huge. And then Luke says in verse 13, he says, Ananias says, But Lord, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the, the he's authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. Now, let me put that in modern translation for you. Are you crazy? Are you crazy telling me that this that I'm supposed to go meet this man who is going around persecuting people like me who who follow you? I've given you full control and you're telling me I've got to go put my life in danger to this man named Saul who's coming here to do the same thing to the, the, the people who follow you in Jerusalem? Are you crazy? Verse 15, but the Lord said... <laughs> To Ananias, he says, Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Now let me put that to you in a, tran in a translation that we can understand. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying everything is cool. You don't have to fear Saul. I have it under control. And you know what? There is absolutely no hesitation from Ananias. Verse 17. So Ananias went and found Saul. He did just what Jesus told him to do. He laid his hands on him and he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road. And see, you got you thinking about how does if you're in Saul's position, Saul's got to be thinking, how did he know this? How did how does he know what happened to me on the way to Damascus? Well, Ananias was obedient. He finds Saul. He lays hands on him. And he calls him Brother Saul, which is interesting to begin with. The Lord Jesus 
And that had to be huge for Ananias to say, Brother Saul, because look what Saul has done in the past. But yet look how accepting Ananias is. What a lesson there for us. Here's a man who has persecuted Christians. Here's a man that Jesus has visited and he's saying, you need to go find this man and lay hands on him. And Ananias is like, I'm scared to death of this man. He might kill me. But he's obedient. He does what Jesus tells him to do. And he is right off the bat accepting of Saul. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me to you that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, Luke says in verse 18, instantly something like scales fell from the Saul uh, fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. And then he got up and was baptized, and afterward he ate some food and regained his his strength. And so my question to you is this: What keeps you? What keeps me from hearing and obeying the voice of God? If I had to guess, I, I if we boiled it, you know, if we boiled all the junk off of it and, and got it down to one thing, I think that one thing is fear. Fear keeps people from following Jesus and listening to his voice. There's a reason why so many times when God showed up on the scene in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament, the angel would appear or, or God himself would appear, or, you know, whatever. When, when God would show up on the scene, the first thing that would come out of his mouth was fear not. And th- there's a reason for that. Because people would be scared to death. And which is a natural response by Little feeble people like you and me. And so God would say, fear not. Ananias was able to put the fear aside and be obedient to what Jesus told him to do. How? Because he put his trust in the Lord. Not in himself, not in his bank account, not in his job, not in his family, not in his children, not in his parents, nothing. He put his trust in the Lord. When, when Jesus gave him direction, he was full of fear at first. And Jesus said, look, it's, it, this is, it's okay. This is what I want you to do because I've done talked with Saul. He has met me and he has had a life change. I have chosen him. It's okay. And so Ananias put his trust in Jesus. We have to do the same thing. It, it you know, uncharted territory, going into uncharted territory, going going on you know, waters that look dangerous or water. There's fear in the unknown. And sometimes things that God asks us to do, it, it scares us. And so we because of fear, we just lock up and we 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 don't do what God wants us to do. But if we would just take the first step and get past our fear and be obedient, it's just amazing how much peace and calmness there is. And what's even more amazing is how God honors our obedience and He will use us just like He did Saul and just like He did Ananias here 
in in many ways. I mean, what what if Ananias had not obeyed Jesus? What if he had just let the fear get the best of him and 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 not go see Saul? I mean, who knows? But this man that's been converted to Jesus has wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. And because of his writings, we can know about Jesus. All because Ananias was obedient. Did you? Ananias, we never give credit to Ananias. We always talk about Saul. We always talk about Paul and his writings. But, but what about Ananias? Ananias is the one that kicked it off for him. Because he was obedient to what Jesus told him to do. He put his trust in the Lord. We have to do the same thing. Even though there may be fear, God gives us courage. And that's why he told uh, Joshua three different, uh, th three different occasions before he's about to go march into Jericho. And, you know, something that sounds crazy, he's going to march around the wall for seven days and the wall is going to fall on its own. This is a huge, thick wall that they could drive chariots on. And God's saying, oh, you know, I don't want you to fight the battle. I don't want you to, you know, go try to tear down the wall. I just want you to march around it for seven days. And they march around this wall on the seventh day. They blow trumpets and the wall falls. And they're able to, to, to kill the people because the people of Jericho are fleeing for their lives. But see, what we don't understand is if we're obedient to God, He fights our battles. What's that song say? This is how I fight my battle. We have to overcome our fear and put our trust in the Lord. And it's easy to say that but we have to be obedient. We have to do that. Psalm 56 verse 3 says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. Psalm 118, 6 and 7, The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. <laughs> what better helper can we have than the Lord? He is he, he's omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He spoke creation into being. That's how powerful he is. He speaks a word and it happens. He knows what people are thinking. He causes dead people to come back to life. What greater helper can we have? Isaiah 41.10. There's so many others. I like this one. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand when we follow jesus and we put our trust in him there is absolutely nothing to fear i mean what is the worst thing that can happen we die we 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 our heart stops beating or uh you know something happens to us and and, and, it, and it causes us to lose our lives just like it did to these christians here and, and, and these christ followers in acts chapter 9 they they literally did nothing wrong but yet they're losing their life because they put their trust in the Lord. And many of them lost their lives. Like Stephen. He was stoned to death. And he loved Jesus. And he was full of the Holy Spirit. But he died. But he put his trust in the Lord. And when he was taking his last breath. As he was being stoned. He sees the heavens open. And he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And he says, I see Jesus. And the people are like, ah. And they, you know, they, they, they kill him. If we take our last breath on this earth, we take our first breath in eternity with Jesus. It, it doesn't get any better than that. So don't fear. Put, put the fear aside and step out in faith and trust God.
just like Ananias went to Saul. He put his fear aside. He trusted in what Jesus said, and he obeyed what Jesus said to do. We'll get into this a little deeper when we come back from break. This is Ryan Kirst. I'm the student pastor at Partnership Christian Church, and I want to invite you and your family to worship with us this coming Sunday. Check us out on Facebook or YouTube for service times and directions. Thanks for listening to the Grind It podcast. Keep grinding. So while Jesus is having this conversation with Ananias in this vision, Jesus says to Ananias that Saul is praying to him. And he has sent a vision to Saul showing him that this man named Ananias will be coming over and he's going to be giving him some instructions to follow. But just to show you that God, most people don't think about this, but God does have a a sense of humor. Check this out. Saul is staying with a man named Judas who lives on of all places to live. The street is called Straight Street. It's like God is saying, you know, you think you're doing my my will by persecuting my people, but I'm going to set you straight. And and so he is staying, Saul is staying at this guy's house named Judas, and he's staying there on Straight Street. And that's just hilarious to me uh, because Saul's, Saul's thinking was, was crooked. It was not straight. And even though he thought he was doing God a favor and he was doing justice uh, according to the law, he, w- he was not. And Jesus said, I got to set you straight. You know, you're persecuting me. You're not persecuting these families, these men and these women. You are persecuting me. So I'm going to set you straight and I'm going to put you on the right path. And, and that's exactly what happens to Saul. And so Ananias, he goes there, he lays his hands on Saul and his blinded eyes are open. He is baptized in water. Uh, and then he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And after not eating for three days, he eats some food and he starts feeling better. Now, some things I want to point out here is this, that some things may sound crazy to us, and it definitely may take faith on our part to be obedient, but if we will listen to God and follow His directions, God will do mighty things through us and people's lives, including ours, will be changed in Jesus' name. It might not make sense, and you might ask a lot of questions, but overcome the fear and be obedient and watch God work, I guarantee you. Go, for Saul is my chosen instrument, Jesus tells Ananias, to take my message to the Gentiles and to the kings as well as the people of Israel. And because of Ananias' obedience, you and I have God's word. We have the Bible. We have the same opportunity that these Christians here in Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 9 have. And, and we have the same opportunity that Saul had. And that is to be saved and to follow Jesus. And so now Luke is going to turn his attention from Ananias back to Saul and in Acts chapter 8 in the second part of verse 19 down through verse 31 this is what Luke says he says Saul he stayed with the believers in Damascus for a few days and he immediately began preaching about Jesus in the synagogues why the synagogue because that's where people are who are that believe in God so they would be kind of ripe if you will to hear the message and here's this message he says he is indeed talking about Jesus Jesus is the son of God 
All who heard him were amazed, Luke says. Isn't this the same man who caused such devastation among Jesus' followers in Jerusalem? And didn't he come here to arrest them and take them in chains to the leading priests? Word spread. It's, you know, there was no social media back then, but the word spread because the, uh, these people were looking out for this guy. And they were expecting him. And sure enough, here he is. But he's changed. Something has happened to him. And what's happened to him is, is that he has met Jesus and it's changed his life for the good. He has been set straight. And he has given Jesus full control. And now he, he is doing the will of God. And that's spreading the message of, of Jesus. He's giving other people hope. And so at the beginning, when Saul started preaching, his, his message was simple. Jesus really is the Son of God. But later on, he's going he's to become more bold, and his message is going to uh, grow from there. Uh, and, and he goes to the synagogue to preach this message. Like I said a while ago, because these people are there to worship God, so they're ripe for the message. And so that he wanted them to know that you know, being a Pharisee of Pharisees and knowing the law, he, he knew about God, but he rejected Jesus. And now he has accepted Jesus. And he wants these Jews to have the same opportunity that he has to accept Jesus Christ as God's Son, that it is not blasphemous to believe in Jesus and that their lives can be changed, that their sins can be washed whiter than snow and they can serve God and and. and and do things for God in a new way, and that's through Jesus. And this would be something that Saul would do as he traveled from city to city and as he goes around on his missionary journeys starting these churches. Uh, in verse 22, Luke says that Saul's preaching became more and more powerful, and the Jews in Damascus couldn't refute his proofs that Jesus was indeed the Messiah. And after a while, some of the Jews plotted together to kill him. See, it just started immediately, his persecution. They wanted to kill him. So they're watching him for him day and night at the city gates so they can murder him. But Saul was told about their plot. So during the night, some of the other believers lowered him in a large basket through an opening in the city wall. So immediately after Saul's life was changed, the enemy hits him. Hits him hard. He became an outcast. And his life was literally threatened. The, the, you know, think about it. The Jews, their champion, their hero, this Pharisee of Pharisee who was, who just couldn't stand these Jesus followers and wanted him gone. Their hero is now a zero. He, he, he's, he's, he's flipped the coin. He's, he, he's turned a, a, a new leaf on life. Is that what people say? He, he has met Jesus and he has given Jesus control of his life. And the hunter who was hunting Christians now becomes the hunted and the Jews are hunting this Christian man named Saul. They want him dead. And so the believers get wind of the plot and they help uh, Saul escape and he returns to Jerusalem where, uh, well, actually he, he, he goes home for a little while and then he's going to return to Jerusalem. And uh, as the saying goes, it, it, it's all downhill. Well, actually he does go to Jerusalem, but he will later uh, go to uh, Tarsus for I think about three years. Verse 26, uh, Luke says, when Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. When, do you blame him? I mean, I mean, look what he's done to the Christians there. His 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 fame is well known to the people there. What he has done 
to these Jesus followers. And so it says they did not believe that he had truly become a believer. You know, they, they had some, they were skeptic of him. You know, can you blame them? Um, then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told him how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told him that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. Now, we were introduced to this guy named Barnabas back in Acts chapter 4 when the believers were selling everything, that, when the church was new and had just begun, and uh, they're selling everything that they owned, and, and even though they, they still owned it, they still lived in their houses, they still owned their land, and they could build their, you know, plant their gardens or whatever, do whatever they wanted to with their property, but they sold it and they had pulled the money together so that they could survive. Well, uh, Luke had given us an example of somebody had done this in uh, Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37, and it was Barnabas. It says, for instance, there was Joseph, the one of the apostles, nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the uh, apostle. So Barnabas, somewhere down the road, he, he, he must have heard Paul speak. And during his speech, he must have heard uh, Saul talk about his conversion story. And so he sees how Saul is being treated by the believers. They're skeptic and you know, they're, they're a little afraid of him. And you can't blame them because, of, you know, look at the, 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 the havoc that he has wreaked. In, in their lives and and so you know maybe this is a plot to you know to, to get on the inside and he's gonna you know he could snap at any moment and so they didn't fully trust him and so here's the son of encouragement Barnabas he goes up to Saul and he he, he talks to Saul and he says come with me and so he takes Saul to the other apostles and he explains to them how Saul's life has been changed by the power of God and how and what how he has met Jesus and the difference that Jesus has made in Saul's life and so you know can you imagine what these people are thinking what's going you know what's going through their minds um, you know we're, we're skeptical of, of people today we, people that we know who has come come to the Lord you know it's easy to say well do you know what they've done in the past do you, do you, they, you know they were drug heads they, they they've murdered somebody they beat somebody whatever you know fill in the blank we, we 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 can't erase from our minds who people are from their past it'd be nice if we could and we're not to hold that against them but that's exactly what's going on here with these with these Christ followers they're they're skeptic. Uh, they're 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 kind of they don't they have some doubt that Saul has really been converted, and so that doubt produces fear. And so Barnabas takes Saul, takes him to the apostles, explains to them what's going on, and that fear would quickly fade away. In verse 28 it says, Luke says, So Saul stayed with the apostles and went around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he debated with some Greek-speaking Jews, but they tried to murder him. That's the second time since his, uh, uh, since his conversion, which has happened just recently, uh, that, he's, that people wanted to kill him. And it says in verse 30, When the believers heard about this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him away to Tarsus, 
his home town. I, I, and if I'm not mistaken, Saul's going to stay there around three years before he returns back to Jerusalem. But do you remember, here, here's uh, uh, Saul, he's, uh, he, he's going around Jerusalem, he's preaching about Jesus, and here comes these Jews who want to have a Bible study. They, they wanted to, de to debate Saul. Do you remember the last time that there was a debate, uh, what happened? You know, remember the Jews that came from a certain synagogue or the free slaves and, and they wanted to debate Stephen and they couldn't hang with the Holy Spirit working through Stephen. And, they, you know, they didn't like the way the Bible study was going. So they go to the, the, the priest, uh, the, the chief priest, and they, they trump up these charges. They, they tell lies about Stephen and he ends up being stoned to death. And so here, here's a, some more these are Greek-speaking Jews. And they want to have a Bible study with Saul, and, uh, and they want to debate him, and they can't hang with him. Even though he's a new, uh, a new creation in Christ, they, they, they can't hang with his, with his Bible study. And so they want to kill him. And uh, so the believers find out what's going on with, 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 uh, with the people wanting to kill Saul, and they send him to his hometown of Tarsus. So... That is the conversion of Saul, who later changes his name to Paul. And, and what, a, what a turnaround, man. What a, what a drastic turnaround, how he goes from persecuting the, the Jesus followers. He's busting up poems. He's going from house to house, and he's chaining up men and women. He's pulling them to prison. Their, their lives were literally hell and many of them were killed for their faith and he he is he was there at the stoning of Stephen he completely agreed with what happened to Stephen he has all this power and he he thinks that he is living for God and he's doing God a favor by going up to Damascus where he can even persecute more Christians and as he goes to as he's going to Damascus, and just before he gets to Damascus, this light shines around him. He's knocked to his feet. He hears a voice, and he says, Who are you, Lord? And Jesus says, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. And and so he, he meets Jesus on the road to Damascus. And when he gets to Damascus, he is met by a man that Jesus has given some instruction to, Ananias. And because of Ananias' obedience to Jesus... Saul's eyes are opened, the scales fall from his face, he's able to see again, he, he, he's baptized for the remission of his sins, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and he immediately goes out into the synagogues and starts preaching that Jesus indeed is the Son of God, giving other Jews this message of hope and giving them the opportunity to meet Jesus so that they too could have their lives changed by the power of God. And that is my prayer for you today, my friend. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I pray before it's too late that you will meet Jesus, that you will have an encounter with Jesus and your life will be changed forever, that Jesus Christ will be the Lord of your life and you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and that God will you will allow God to work in you and through you, that you would give him full control of your life. And if you already know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I urge you to share the message of hope with someone today. Overcome your fear and put your trust in the Lord 
And when you take that step and get past that fear and you be obedient to what God wants you to do, you will see God do amazing things in your life. I guarantee it. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grind It Podcast today. You can send any questions or comments to grinditpodcast at gmail.com. Please join us next time. And when a challenge comes your way, just oh my, grind it. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice. Hustle paid the price. Want a slice. Got to roll the dice. That's why all my life. I've been grinding all my life. Yeah. All my life.